0: Later this spring, Apple will be sending out a software update for iPhones. Once you've installed it, you might notice some changes when you open certain apps.
1: So what happens is you update your phone and you'll go to an app and Apple will show you a little prompt. And it asks you, do you want to allow this app to track your activity across other companies' apps and websites? And then you have two options. You can say allow, or you can say ask not to track.
0: So if you use an iPhone, you'll now have a choice over how much data apps can collect about you. It's part of a new feature called app tracking transparency that Apple says will give users more control over their privacy. But one particular app maker is not happy about this at all. Facebook.
1: Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook executives feel like they have been unfairly sort of singled out uh, as a result of some of these changes. And they feel like it's personal, according to our reporting.
0: Apple's new privacy tool is the latest flashpoint in a long-running standoff between two of the world's most powerful tech companies and their famous CEOs. It's
1: two enormous forces. Colliding into each other.
0: Welcome to the journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knutson. It's Friday, February 12th. Coming up on the show, the showdown between Facebook and Apple, and what their fight means for the way we experience the internet. Our colleague Deepa Sita Raman covers social media and politics. and She says that when Apple's new privacy tool takes effect, Facebook could end up losing a lot of money.
1: Facebook makes almost all its money from advertising. And it's often extremely targeted. And so that'll be based on your location. It could be based on your gender. It could be based on your express interest.
0: Facebook takes all that information and uses it to personalize the ads you see. So... Deepa and I got on Facebook and went into our account settings to see what the company knows about us and what it could potentially lose access to when Apple's new privacy tool rolls out. So I see tons
1: of kind of shopping ads. (laughs) Like I see Madewell and Birdies, which make shoes and stuff like that. And then there's ad topics. And my ad topics are alcohol, parenting, pets... Social issues, elections, or politics.
0: I, we are so far exactly the same.
1: Right. All of which is fair. <laughs> <laughs> and then
0: Online shopping, spas, garden, swimming pool. That sounds great, but I don't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Couch. That one sounds like very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because
1: where else have we been for the last several months?
0: Facebook can know all of this about Deepa and me because it's following us not just on Facebook, but all over the Internet, even when we're using other apps and websites. But Apple's new privacy feature will make it harder for Facebook to keep doing that. So, for example, it might not be able to show me ads for a new couch because it might not know that I'm looking for one, which, in fact, I am. And this change could undermine Zuckerberg's whole vision for how the Internet should work— where targeted advertising allows the internet to be open and, importantly, free.
1: Mark's vision for Facebook is sort of as this global internet colossus, something that can connect large portions of the world and something that can be kind of a connective tissue between different communities and across devices, across borders, like global infrastructure, he wants Facebook to be at the heart of this idea of global connectivity. So that's the Facebook
0: ideal. For a while, most people didn't see a problem with Facebook's ideal version of the Internet. Apple and Facebook were working pretty well together.
1: They're very interrelated, right? Facebook doesn't have a phone. Facebook needs to be on phones. So it is is relying on Apple because that's how it can achieve its goal of global connectivity. Apple is relying on Facebook because if you look at the Apple App Store, for years now, many of the top 10 downloaded apps have been Facebook apps. We're talking Facebook, we're talking Instagram, we're talking WhatsApp.
0: But over the years, tension has been brewing between the two companies and between their CEOs, Mark Zuckerberg and Apple's Tim Cook. Mark has
1: long been uncomfortable with the way Apple is sort of in control of the operating system. According to the sources that we've talked to, he wants to be able to control Facebook's destiny.
0: And in 2018, things ratcheted up when Facebook was involved in a major privacy scandal. Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica is accused of misusing the personal Facebook data of users while working for Trump. Cambridge Analytica developed a voter targeting technique aimed at specifically targeting individual voters. The data firm may have had information on as many as 87 million Facebook users without their knowledge.
1: One of the issues that the incident highlighted was how blacks Facebook was in terms of tracking and keeping control of your information as the user, that developers could download data about users from Facebook, and then the company would have absolutely no idea where that data went. And so Mark Zuckerberg is under huge pressure to address these questions. You know, he's called up in front of Congress for the first time in April 2018.
0: We didn't take a broad enough view of our responsibility and that was a big mistake. And it was my mistake. And I'm sorry.
1: It is a very intense time for the company. And in the midst of all this, Tim Cook goes on MSNBC and he is asked, you know, what would you do if you were Mark Zuckerberg? You know, really Mark Zuckerberg, what would you do? What, would I do? what does Tim Cook say?
0: <laughs> Tim Cook says, I wouldn't be in the situation. Okay. <laughs> Cook saying, I wouldn't be in that situation, made the statement feel personal, like he was implying Apple was a more ethical company than Facebook. The comments made Zuckerberg furious.
1: And internally at Facebook, these comments were so irritating. So Mark responds publicly. You know, he calls the comments extremely glib in an interview with Vox, but then You know, he's even more direct and harsh in his internal meetings with top executives. He says that Facebook needs to, and I quote, inflict pain. And that's according to people who were briefed on the exchange. You know, basically this, you know, it's on. And there is a feeling of like, well, okay, what can we do to make life harder for Apple?
0: And what do they think that they can do to make life harder for Apple?
1: They have a lot of brainstorming sessions. A lot of Facebook lawyers and communications executives sort of sit down and they think through, OK, here are the different things we can maybe do to inflict pain. And so one would be to talk to lawmakers and regulators and basically raise concerns and say, look, we understand that we have privacy issues, but have you looked at Apple? I mean, have you seen what Apple's trying to do? And then the other route they could go is pointing out that Apple is anti-competitive. And one of the ideas gets floated at the time is an antitrust lawsuit. They consider it, and it isn't implemented at the time, but they say, how do we kick up dirt around Apple, and make people
0: see that they are the monopoly. But while Facebook was scheming, Apple had its own plan underway. That's after the break.
1: This episode is brought to you by Indeed. They have reskilling courses and career tools to help your income live as long as you do. The younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org/skills.
0: While Facebook was catching a lot of flack over its handling of user data, Apple was positioning itself as a company focused on privacy. It's a position that Apple can afford to take because it's the iPhone company. It makes most of its money selling expensive hardware.
1: For them, the position of being, you know, all about privacy is hugely aided by the fact that they don't make that much money from advertising. And so Apple is feeding into this narrative that users deserve to lock down their data and that users deserve to have control over how much information about themselves is let out into the world. It's an idea that's very popular. It's an idea that is, um, that's sort of
0: hard to argue with. And that is, you know, that privacy is paramount. Apple has used privacy as a selling point in its ads. And in 2018, it made tweaks to its products that made them more secure, not just from hackers, but also from companies like Facebook.
1: Apple unveils privacy tools for Safari, and in a presentation about those tools, they use Facebook as the example of how you can use those privacy tools to limit data collection and improve privacy. And that doesn't go unnoticed at Facebook.
0: But soon, Apple was making moves that didn't just make Facebook look bad in its presentations— Facebook has a lot of apps on Apple's App Store, and not just the big ones like WhatsApp and Instagram. Facebook also has iPhone apps that it uses for research, and even some that only Facebook employees can access for doing things like managing their work calendars. For a day in 2019, Apple pulled some of those apps off the App Store over privacy violations. Apple bans the research app, but also shuts down a number of internal developer apps that were
1: used by Facebook employees to test products, but also to do things like, what time's the bus coming? What's for lunch? And those kinds of day-to-day things. And it kind of throws the campus into chaos
0: For Facebook, this was more than just a philosophical debate around privacy. It saw what Apple was doing as part of a deliberate effort to hurt its business, because Apple was increasingly moving in on Facebook's turf.
1: Apple is confronting a couple of different realities. One, that the iPhone sales might be reaching some kind of peak. And so Cook has tried to push Apple to develop different avenues of a business through things like digital services.
0: Those new ways to make money include things like Apple TV Plus and Apple News Plus, some of which compete with Facebook.
1: There's a lot of these new areas that the company is going into that are starting to bump up against Facebook. I mean, it's iMessage, right, which is a competitor in some ways to WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger, you can pay through Apple Pay on a wide range of websites, on a wide range of apps. It's it's sort of a part of its offerings. It's become increasingly embedded in those offerings. And so while Apple is positioning itself as, you know, we're mostly a hardware company right now, and we're going into these new areas, but this is really about privacy, Facebook sees it differently. Facebook sees it as you're encroaching on our space, and now you're trying to find ways to curb our dominance in these
0: areas. It's in this context of greater competition between the two companies that Apple started working on its biggest privacy move yet, the app tracking transparency feature, which is arriving on our phones later this year.
1: And so the threat gets greater and feels very targeted to Facebook internally, according to the sources that we talk to. And now it's starting to threaten the way that the company actually makes money, the way Facebook actually makes money. And so Mark starts to go public. —
0: Back in 2018, Facebook had thought about ways to hit back at Apple, but had stopped short of taking action. But now there's billions of dollars on the line. One Wall Street analyst thinks that Facebook's revenue could fall by 7% because of this new feature. Facebook decided not to hold back.
1: They start to go on a broader campaign to show that these changes are deeply unfair to any company that's not named Apple. You know, they write an email to some advertisers in the middle of December, and they write, Apple's changes will benefit them while hurting the industry and the ability for businesses of all sizes to market themselves efficiently and grow through personalized advertising. We disagree with Apple's approach and solution, yet we have no choice but to show the prompt. If we don't, we believe they will block Facebook and other apps from the App Store, which may further harm the businesses and users that rely on
0: our services. So they're saying that not only is it going to hurt Facebook, but it's going to hurt the small businesses and others that advertise on Facebook.
1: Yep, exactly. I mean. In December, Facebook started running full page ads in several newspapers, including the Wall Street Journal, saying that they were taking this position as a way of, quote, standing up to Apple for small businesses everywhere. I mean, they're positioning themselves as we are going to speak up for all the people who are too scared to stand up to Apple um, because they are afraid of being crushed.
0: Then, a couple of weeks ago, Mark Zuckerberg delivered the message himself, on a call with investors about Facebook's quarterly earnings.
1: During the call, Mark Zuckerberg singles out Apple. Um,
0: I I do want to highlight that we increasingly see Apple um, as one of our biggest competitors.
1: And accuses the company of using its platform to kind of interfere with the way Facebook works. And he says that these changes that Apple is promoting are going to really hurt millions of businesses
0: around the world. Changes. Many small businesses uh, will no longer be able to reach their customers with targeted ads. Now, Apple may, may say that they're doing this to help people, uh, but the moves clearly track their competitive interests. The next day, Tim Cook made Apple's case. Tim Cook
1: is speaking at International Privacy Day, and he doesn't name Facebook, but he basically is talking about Facebook,
0: and he says... If a business is built on misleading users, on data exploitation, on choices that are no choices at all, then it does not deserve our praise. It deserves reform.
1: So now the two companies are openly dueling, you know, about about these changes, and they're not holding back. There are a lot of people that think that this is more existential for Facebook, because Apple still has the money train coming in from its devices, whereas this cuts right to the heart of Facebook's business model.
0: Do you think that these two visions of the internet that Facebook and Apple have, can, can they coexist?
1: You know, they've they've coexisted so far, but at some point, it feels like these two companies think that one of those two business models is going to dominate. You know, if you're Facebook, you're going to argue that personalization and privacy can coexist, that there are ways to collect data about you in a privacy safe way. And if you're Apple, you have a different idea, which is that Privacy is paramount. And personalization cuts directly against privacy.
0: When we reached out to Facebook, the company said, it's not about two companies. It's about the future of the free internet. It also said Apple was creating two sets of rules, one for Apple and another for everyone else. We also reached out to Apple, but the company declined to comment. Why do you think it matters this dispute between two technology giants?
1: Because I think how it shakes out is going to determine the kinds of companies that will be able to thrive in the next few years, in the next decade, right? It will help shape in a a very powerful way what the internet will look like, what you and I experience on a daily basis you know and it this is an argument that's not just going to be in the court of public opinion i mean this could be in actual courts this could be in in the halls of congress and potentially this is a global fight right so these are not issues that are going to settle down anytime soon because these are are complex and there's a lot of money hanging in
0: the balance That's all for today, Friday, February 12th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are Kate Linebaugh and me, Ryan Knutson. The show's produced by Catherine Brewer, Gerard Cole, Pia Gadkari, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Ricky Nevetsky, Enrique Perez, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Annie Rostrasser, and Rob Zipko. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner and Nathan Singapak. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Bobby Lord, Emma Munger, Peter Leonard, So Wiley, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Thanks for listening. We're off Monday for President's Day. See you on Tuesday.